0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Under the Fig Tree. I'm Troy. And
1: I'm Bruce. And
0: we are so glad that you were able to join us today. We have a very, very good topic today. We wanted to talk about it, but really, this topic comes out of a real-life experience that you had, Bruce, uh, here recently, so please share that with our listeners.
1: Well, you know what? I think we're going to call this Programs or Presence. And um, and as we get into it, I think you'll understand why we're calling it that. This particular podcast. Um, this is we we're recording this in just inside of the month of May in 2022. So, just a week or a couple of weeks ago was what many consider resurrection or call resurrection Sunday. Okay, other people call it Easter. My wife and I are a part of a, a friend's ministry that goes out and ministers to people, the homeless, on the streets of the city that we live in. We decided that we would go out with them as being on their board. Every so often we make sure that we actually go out and touch people and pray for them and we try to provide what we can for their everyday living And so this happened to fall on what we call Resurrection Sunday. We had had an extraordinary time, Troy, from where we start. We're in uptown in the city that we live in, and we we start at one end of the street, and we just work our way all the way down to a particular point at the other end. And whoever we find, we offer them what we have to give them, and also offer them prayer, yeah. and also offer them Jesus. yeah. And so this particular Sunday, it was extraordinary because we actually were able to lead three people to the Lord. We were able to pray for several people, and we just had this extraordinary time. Well, our friend who God gave this ministry to, we just came along to help, she was able to connect with a church that's at the other end of the street where we usually end. Yeah, There's a church down there and that church decided that they would also try to feed the homeless at least a, a, a breakfast meal, right. you know, on Sunday mornings, right? And so she had connected with some people in that church and so she felt like, well, hey, let's try to tell people about Jesus today. Normally she doesn't do that because she doesn't wanna infringe on what they're doing. right? But she spoke with someone, and the individual she spoke with said, hey, bring whatever you have, right? You're free to do it. You're free to speak whatever you want, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, the pastor of that church didn't get the memo. Uh. So here we have had this extraordinary time, and i kind of am trying to set it up, and I hope it don't take too long to do it. But we've had this extraordinary time on the streets of the city we live in. We've gotten people saved. We've prayed for people. People have wept. You know what I'm saying? And we're helping people the best way we know how. Outside of the four walls of the church, when we get to the end and we actually go into the four walls of this church that our friend had connected with these people there, yeah. when we get ready to begin to talk about Jesus to probably 30, 40 people that were in, you know, homeless people that were in this in this big room, Everything was fine until we mentioned Jesus. And when we mentioned Jesus, this woman comes very quickly from one end of the room and comes around and stops us cold and says you can't talk about him here. You can't you can't do that here. And she said and I don't remember the exact words right now but she said we're we're something and she said and we don't we we don't allow proselytizing here. And so we just said, "Whoa, okay. Well, yeah." You know, okay, I mean, what else can you do? Right. You know? And I felt so privileged. On one hand, I was heartbroken because we we just had this great experience outside of the four walls of the church. Now we come into a church building that's trying to do the work. They're doing a good deed, but they haven't connected the good deed to Jesus. Yeah. And I think I think that's where I'll stop and we can start kind of talking it out. That's why we're calling it program versus presence.
0: Yeah. And I think to some degree, and I appreciate you sharing that story because I, I know when we talked about it before, I just thought it was just wild that you can experience this outside the four walls, but yes. then when you come into four walls, now you're rejected yes. by the message you just gave outside. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I thought that was kind of, kind of odd when we first started talking about it, but here's the thing. It's kind of where we are, man.
1: It very much is where we are. And my wife and I had been having these conversations for a while about where would Jesus, if he were still here in the flesh today, 2022, where would he be able to go and say the same things yeah. that he said <laughs> Because, you know, G- the Lord told me one day, he said, you know, you, you must understand this. If you're going to walk with me, you, you must understand that Jesus didn't get killed for what he didn't say. That's right. He got killed for what he said. Yeah. He was crucified for what he said, not for what he didn't say. And it was this pivotal moment in my relationship with the Lord from a ministry perspective. Yeah. And so we have this conversation, my wife and I, all the time about, man, where would Jesus, how many places would he find that would welcome him and welcome his message? And sadly, we didn't come up with a whole lot of places.
0: Yeah, and that's the part that hurts. A couple of years ago, I did a teaching on the house of God mm-hmm. versus the house of man. Okay. And there's a difference. When we look at obviously New Testament the house of God is you, you're the, you're the temple. Yes. Right. When we look at the old Testament, you know, there was a house of God and what was in that house of God versus what's in the house of God now. Yes. Right. So, and and a couple of things that, you know, we did point out is we've exchanged the priest for performers. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh my. So we're going to jump right in, right? Okay. Here we go. We've exchanged the priest for performers. Yeah. We've exchanged an altar for a stage. Yeah. Boy, we have all these things that are used to attract people other than the gospel. Wow. We use all these, this and I'm not beyond technology and all that kind of stuff. I'm not. It has its place. Right. But if that's the forefront, it's kind of like when you date somebody, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever you do to date that person is what you're going to have to do to keep that person. (laughs) That's exactly right, man. So if it's going to take fog machines and light shows and, a, a rock concert, basically entertainment. If it takes the entertainment to keep or to, to attract the people, it's going to take the entertainment to keep the people. That's exactly right. And now the entertainment has taken the place of God because God is the one that keeps yeah. now. Yeah, sure. And so we, we talked about the house of God versus the house of man and how things are so vastly different now because it's like everything else is important except for the gospel.
1: Yeah. It's. I wasn't going to say this until later on in, in 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 the, in in our discussion, but I think it's a good place to plug it in now. I have even in my notes as you were talking, I scroll down to this one statement that I really believe I got from the Lord, and it simply says this. You know, I, you and I talked. Let me set this up. You and I have talked about. Some of the blind sides, I call them blind sides, that the body of Christ has experienced, or I should say the church is experiencing right now, right? There's several blind sides. You're going down the road, you know, and somebody's in your blind side, right? And, you you know, if you try to change lanes and you can't see them, or you don't position, reposition yourself, maybe you got to lean up a little bit, look a little harder, what have you, right, to make sure it's safe to change lanes. So I think everybody gets the analogy. So we've been talking about blindsides, right, a little bit. In talking about blindsides, I felt like the Lord gave me this statement. There are people who think that creating an atmosphere is the same as his manifested presence, Mm. and it's not. Right, right. So when you talk about fog machines, no no worries, no problem with fog machines. No. Talk about lights, no problem with lights. No. But don't make the mistake of thinking that just because you set an atmosphere that God is going to fill it, that he's going to acknowledge it, that he's going to move in it correct. just because you've tried this you've set an atmosphere. And so I think that that's one of the places where we are in the body of Christ right now today. I think there's a lot of atmospheres that are being set and the assumption is because the atmosphere makes me feel a certain way mm. that that's God. Yeah. And it's, and I'm finding that it's just not. Once you know the spirit and the presence of God and you're in a real relationship with him, it is very easy to know what is him and what's not him. And Troy, I'm just, I'll be real honest to you and to the listeners. There's a lot of, there's a lot of church services that God just doesn't attend.
0: I think you're, in fact, I know you're right. I'm, I'm going to throw this out since we're going ahead and <laughs> do what we do. Okay. <laughs>
1: Let's do what we do.
0: There are certain things. And I think you pointed out one of them beautifully that, just because you get all dressed up and you show up to the place, yeah, and they play the the right songs, and yeah. All, it doesn't mean that God just shows up there like you you would think Him to show right. up. You haven't really made a place for Him. You've really made a place for somebody else's kingdom. Oh boy, right. So we have a lot of people that that build their own kingdoms. It's just what it is. God's been dealing with me about this um this aspect. My job is not to go out and separate the wheat and tear. Yeah, because in the process of pulling up the tear, yeah, I might damage the wheat. Right. You know, that's kind of what he was saying. Right. In the book of Matthew, and he says, "Look, let them both grow up together, and then I'll separate them.
1: I, I, I'll separate them. Right. Yeah.
0: And and we're going to do just that. At the same time, you can't help but notice certain things. Yeah. Right. Sure. So you made a great point. Just because people show up and they they create a churchy. Atmosphere. Sure, it doesn't mean that they're creating a place, sure, a habitation for God. Sure, uh, and I think you you pointed that out beautifully. I am one of those, and like I said, we're going to get after it. Yeah, knock over some, yeah,
1: some that's, that's, some, that's, some, that's, cows, that's right? some cows. Right, tip some cows, <laughs>
0: man. I I am one that I do recognize the corporate intention that people have as the approach to church is sure. And I've even heard it said, well, church is a business.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: My response to that is book, chapter, and verse. Yeah, right. Show me that. Show me. Show me where church is, because they'll say well, it's a business first. Show me where it's a business ever. Not just first. Show me ever. where it's a, a business ever. That's right. Um, and people will use that. Well, you know you have to run it like a, show me that. Show me. Book, chapter, and verse. That's all. And I've said this before. I am afraid that it has become. Corporate, yeah, and I'm gonna tell you what the product is. The product is hope. Yes, you have people that are peddling oh my. hope, and you will come always on, have man. people come to buy hope. Come on, you'll always have that uh, because people need hope.
1: You will never run out of people who need who are looking for and need hope. You'll have a, always have a fresh supply. Absolutely, even those who may who may find out later that maybe what's being sold in that particular place. <laughs> we're not beating up, we're just wanting to talk real straight, guys, okay? That's all. But even those who may find out that wow, okay, the advertisement, the advertisement doesn't match the reality, you'll just end up with some more people. They'll leave out and some more will come in because of your point. People, if you know how to pedal hope, yeah, you'll never be you'll never be in want for people. Will. But here's the thing, we have to stop being drunk on our own worship. Correct. We have to stop being drunk on our own form of godliness. Ah, man. Troy, I believe that a, a large portion, I don't know, it's just in my heart, I feel like like this is correct. Forgive me if you disagree and it's okay if, if you disagree, Right. Anyone who's listening, it's okay if you disagree. We don't have to fall out. I always say that to people one on one in person. We don't have to fall out and don't want to talk anymore and all of that. We just disagree. Yeah. I believe though, just looking around the church, Mm -hmm. what I'm seeing is almost a weird worship of my personal form of godliness. I'm not worshiping God, I'm not worshiping God per se. But in my mind, I think I'm worshiping God, but I'm actually worshiping myself. Oh, I'm worshiping, watch this now. Oh, I'm worshiping the spirit of religion. I'm worshiping the tradition. I'm worshiping the way we do it. Correct. Let me, can, can, I, can I tell you a quick story? I want to tell you another story real quick. Since we're talking about this weird worship, right? Many years ago, I was... This is, I'm glad that God helped me. It was embarrassing, but I'm glad that he helped me. Many years ago, Troy, I was in the shower. You know, everybody sounds good in the shower. <laughs> if I can just deal with worship from a, a musical standpoint for a minute, because I think that also sets, it sets the precedence for where we are, even if it's not worship dealing with songs and music. But this happened to be dealing with me singing in the shower. I was singing in the shower and I was singing this worship song. Everybody sounds good in the shower, so I'm feeling it. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm feeling what I believe to be is God. I'm feeling the presence of the Lord. I'm weeping, you know what I'm saying? I'm singing this song, you know, from my heart and I'm weeping. And I don't make light of that. Right. Yeah. But here's what happened. In a moment of silence, Troy, I heard clearly the Lord say to me that would have been awesome if you were singing to me wow yeah that hurt oh my <laughs> goodness it hurt and i was like oh god i'm so sorry and that's when that was the first time that i realized right this was many years ago but that was the first time that i realized that we as human beings can get caught up in the worship of worship i agree ooh I agree. In the worship of worship, mm-hmm. I felt what I thought was the Holy Ghost goosebumps if I can say it like that, right? <laughs> I felt something, right? And I had to come to terms with the fact that it was my flesh and my emotions and not actually the presence of God yeah. because I clearly heard God say to me in a moment of silence getting out of the shower that would have been Awesome. I would have loved that if you were actually singing to me and it shifted my whole paradigm.
0: This is, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm glad you brought that up, the worship of worship. This is where we get into, I guess, the segregation of how a lot of our churches look, yeah. how they appear. Yes. Got a good friend of mine. He might be listening to this podcast. Even I tell him this. I don't even know why we're friends. <laughs> 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 I love the brother, yeah, but he'll, he'll, we'll talk about some things and yeah. then, you know, I'm like, Hey, this, have you considered this? Have you considered, and he'll get upset with me and yeah. then, you know, it's, it's cool. We love each other. It's my yeah. brother. Right. You
1: know, right. I remember well, it. That's good. Time. He doesn't walk away and no. never show up again, you know, never no. come back. So that's great.
0: No, but uh, the, here's the thing. If, if, if I share it with him, then I'm going to show it to him. Yeah. Biblically. Yes. Yes. I can. Yes. And then he might walk away a little irritated with me, but then he'll come back and say, hey, you know, we'll, yeah. We're good. That's great. Good guy. But at one point, he said that he was looking for a worship leader. Mm-hmm. He's a pastor at a church Okay, in Florida. If you're listening, yes, I am talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a pastor down in Florida. I won't tell you the city. Uh, maybe that helps. I don't know. But he said they were looking for a worship leader. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, how's it going? You know, It was kind of tough because... I'm just going to tell you, like he said, everybody wants to be paid. Yes. And then they want this kind of payment, this kind yes. of thing, which I have my own issue with that. I love all you musicians. I love all the singers. I love it. I can get into that later on. Yeah. But either way, he said, that's kind of the problem. I said, well, let me ask you this. Where are you looking? And, you know, who are you looking for? And, you know, the conversation sure. went a certain way. And I said, okay, well, have you looked outside of, the, you, you know, your own yeah. culture? Have you looked outside of that? And he said, well, he said, we have our own style of music. Mm-hmm. We have our own songs. We have it. And I, you know, he went on with that. And I said, okay, brother, there's only one problem with that. You have the assumption that the song is for you.
1: Right, boy. And the song's not for you. Between the eyes, man.
0: Yeah, it's not for you. The song is for God. And what if God wants to hear a certain song and a certain sound? Yeah. That comes from that particular house of worship. Yes. Right. Yes. On this particular Sunday. Yes. But you're not equipped to do that. Yes. Because you're narrowing your focus. That's right. Instead of broadening your horizons. That's right. Right. So we talked about a little bit. Uh, he made a compromise. Uh, he made a compromise when he made his hire. There's a certain way we figure things have to worship. Yeah. Again, this is called programs. Yep. Or presents. Yep. Right. So we have programs and we worship the program. Yes. So this has got to happen. Then this yeah. has got to happen. And this right. has got to happen. Right. Then this has got to happen. That's and right. And we call that Sunday morning worship. Yep. Right. Yep. When really, that's an everyday program. It could be an everyday program. That's right. <laughs> and you have to be for Sunday. <laughs> you know? And it doesn't even have to be in a church.
1: It doesn't even have to be in a right? church. It's just a program.
0: It's just a program. But we've sacrificed the presence of God for the program of men. Yes. Right? So my question is, what How did we get here? You know, <laughs> why are we doing this? And I get the traditions of men. I know it's hard to let go of traditions, but yes, again, the Bible describes that as the the traditions of men make the Word of God of none effect. There you go. Yeah. So if we know this, why are we so? Why do we hold so fast to this thing that produces no fruit, or Man. very little fruit, Man. when you could just move to let's usher in the presence of God? Sure. And get all kind of fruit.
1: Sure. The first thing that comes to mind as an answer to that question is fear. Mm -hmm. The fear of we we say we trust God. We preachers. I'm a preacher. So I'll say we preachers. So I throw myself in there. I'm not there now. I don't believe I am. I know I'm not actually, but we preachers preach faith but many times don't actually walk and live in faith because faith, faith says, I trust you when I don't know where you're taking me. It's mm, a good point. You know, and, and I think, I think the answer might be two, three, four, five, tenfold fold to that question. I'll only deal with these couple for time's sake, but I believe one of them is Fear. The other you mentioned already, and that's the traditions of men. And I really don't believe, Troy, that the average person or the average leader, church leader, I don't believe understands just how deep the rabbit hole goes in the sense of being held in the traditions of men. Right. Because I've seen so much and heard so much compromise where you're willing to compromise the word of God for the traditions of men. Just like you mentioned about the, you know, about the, the, your friend said, well, you know, we have our own style. Well, nobody's not telling you not to express the way that you express. Right. Absolutely. But can you do that and not be culture over kingdom? Can you do that and still stay kingdom over culture? yeah and I see that's that's another part of that that issue. Many times what we're dealing with is we're talking to people and we're talking one language and they're talking a totally different language and it's literally in my opinion, it is literally like talking a speak speaking a totally different language because kingdom and culture are actually two totally different languages, yes, sir. And if you don't understand that, you will always put black first if you're black. You yeah. will always put white first if you're white, you know, and all the traditions that come with being Or denomination white. first. If you're, you will always put yeah. denomination first if yeah. you came up in a denomination and you'll be holding to that denomination. And anything you get or any experience you have has to come through that denomination. You're still putting something in front of the kingdom. Yeah. You could put female first. You could be male first. It's so many different things that we put in front of the kingdom, and yet we will try to talk kingdom. But I like to say it like this. Heaven doesn't understand that language. Right. It's a
0: different language.
1: It's a different language. And then I will also say this as part of the answer to that question, is that, and this is really base. This is really base, but I think it's important. Money. Yeah. Listen, for those of you who are out there and you're leaders and you're leading people or you have a congregation or you're some kind of ministry leader, oh, my goodness, if you're not free from the pull, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, life. the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, right? Right? If we're not free as ministers of the gospel, if we're not free of those five things I just mentioned, two different scriptures, you can look them up. I'm not going to quote them (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't pull them up. Sorry. I'll try to pull them up later. But the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, right? If you're not free from that, you will compromise and then turn around and try to find a scripture to validate your compromise. That happens quite a bit. It happens all the time.
0: Yeah, um, I see it. Uh, you see it. I'm sure a lot of the listeners see it. It's so damaging.
1: There is a, there is a, and I hate using this term, but people will understand it. There's a mega church, right? I won't call them by name, right? But there's a mega church out of Australia that has influenced the whole world. All of Christendom has been influenced, and I think even beyond Christendom, right, with the songs that have come out of this particular church. Only to find out years and years and years and years and years later that some of the songwriters don't seem to even be born again. Yeah. They don't seem to, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And then the Lord reminded me, he said, not all sound comes from the throne. That's right. Not all music comes from the throne room. That's right. Not all worship, I got my quote fingers up, not all worship songs originate at my feet. Mm -hmm. So if you're not broken before God, if you're not at the feet of the Father per se, and This song comes up in your heart while you're at the feet of the father, then you're just sitting in a room coming up with stuff that rhymes and sounds good. I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean to be ugly. I'm not trying to be. But we do this podcast in order to try our best in the most humble way we know how to bring truth to people. And so we're not going to waste our time trying to skirt around it. I don't want to beat up on anybody, but at the same time, we need to talk real straight. We need to shoot this arrow real straight and real true, right? The Lord told me one day, Troy, he said, a lot of the music that's in the earth today that is called Christian music, he said a lot of it comes from the second heaven, not from my throne room. That's a problem. It is a problem. That's a problem because you have people who in the sincerity, and this is, what, this is what's so interesting about it, you have people who in the sincerity of their own hearts before God who actually are pressing into a real relationship with God who will hear those songs and express them to God and God receives it and That's they right. have this wonderful experience not because of the song that God knew came from someplace other than his throne, but now because of the individual who heard it and it actually touched their hearts. So it's, it's this weird dichotomy yeah, yeah, that's yeah. happening right now. But if we're going to see the manifested presence of God in the earth the way that we should be seeing the manifested presence of God in the earth, we're going to have to get past all of this stuff that we're talking about.
0: I agree. Uh, I want to address just two things. Hopefully I don't forget the second one, but <laughs> I want to address two things real quick. Again, not trying to beat up on people. Right. But I do want to address the songwriters in particular, songwriters, singers. The focus shouldn't be to listen for the next hit. Yeah. Listen for the next encounter.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But because, again, it's not the program that we're looking for or it's you not. should be looking for. It should be the presence. That's right. Right? We need his presence. Yeah. So even in your rehearsal time, I know you got a song list. Yeah. And you know, I know you got a, you know, your 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 set list. If yeah. You know, if I'm speaking, I guess I'm speaking that type of language. <laughs> I know you have your set list and stuff like that. But even in the rehearsal time, presence, not the program. Yeah. He'll set everything else straight. Yes. If if you seek the presence first, right? Yes, yes, yes. So that's one thing. Just for the musicians, songwriters, you know, singers, presence, presence, presence. Not the program. Yeah. The other thing, and I am not objective to mega churches. I'm not objective to small churches. I'm not objective objective to medium-sized churches. As long as you are inviting the presence of god is i don't care how big the church is it doesn't matter right but i will say this it does not matter how many people are in your church if you all stay in it
1: oh boy come on
0: it doesn't matter hey that's all the time on, we man. have for today Let's y'all stay we thank in you so much for joining matter. us during this conversation about program or presence and we hope that you can join us as we continue this conversation in our next episode under the fig tree